0: What a blessing to be able to share this time together with all of you. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Pastor Terry. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone Church in San Francisco. And to all of you, my brothers and sisters, friends, all of you who've been part of the Cornerstone online community, um, you know, I just want to send my love, my encouragement in your direction, near or far, wherever you are. You know, some of you are close by here in the San Francisco Bay Area, others of you, other parts of the country, and we know some cases, other parts of the world, we're thankful to be able to be together right now. I want to talk to you as we move forward into this series, The Way of Blessing. I want to talk to you about how to be a spiritual explorer. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a reminder that you and I have been created by God to discover. We're discoverers. (laughs) We've been invited to a life of learning and growing, you know, the way of Jesus, it's a grand adventure. It really is a faith adventure designed to carry us through this life and into the next. It it really is. It's it's meant to be a joyful journey. Not, not something that's boring, static or uneventful. (laughs) No. And it's neither is it disconnected from real life. It's, it's meant to be something that we can bring into the everydayness of our life, but also into the larger arc of our life. Every season, loved ones, and we need to remember this has growth opportunities. It really does. Even the hard ones, the hard seasons, maybe especially the hard, the hard seasons. Yeah. We've sure have been in one for the last year and a half, haven't we? It's been really tough uh, hard, and yet there are these incredible opportunities that have been made available to us. Not the least of which has been our ability to connect online, like we're doing now for that. I'm very grateful. We've all had a chance to learn and grow and trust God in new ways. Maybe some of us have had a chance to explore our own heart and to learn more about ourselves. We're going to talk about that a lot today, but remember how we opened the series? I think you do. We started it uh, earlier this month when we talked about Psalm one. And I just want to remind everybody again, how that Psalm connects to the way of blessing. Blessed is the man, the Bible says, blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of the sinner nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, they're not living a life apart from God, opposed to God, but rather drawing closer to God. And that person's delight is in the law of the Lord, the scripture says, and in that law, he meditates day and night, and it's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And I'll just stop right there. It says this leaf also will not wither and whatever he does, it will prosper. But the idea of bringing forth fruit in its season, that's something that I want us to reconnect to. And one of the questions I have for you then is this as we think about what it means to be a spiritual explorer what is the fruit that god wants us to bring forth in this unique season and stage of our life what is it that he wants us to explore and discover and become like what is it that the lord's trying to do in our lives you know we're not, we are living life But we're also, if we've invited the Lord into our lives, allowing him to help us grow and become, and we're engaged in a relationship that has both an eternal, but also a real world present, uh, connective and connection, right? It, it really does. And following Jesus is not just about getting to heaven. I, I'm thankful for that promise of the life which is to come, I yearn for it, but it's also about living this life here in the present well, and that's something we're invited to do to discover along the way. I mean, ultimately we're going to be invited into a grand discovery, something so far beyond our conception that it, it's not even really able to be fully imagined. Think about that. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, I can't even imagine in my finiteness, what eternity is going to be like. We're not built that way. I think we have, we have inklings and we see glimpses of what is to come. There's something about the love of God and the creativity and the beauty of this world and the life that we are living. That reminds us that there has to be something more as Jesus taught us there was, but this is also about learning how to love him and grow and become, uh, a, a vibrant follower of Jesus in the life that we have been given on this earth. And we, we really don't know any of us, the full duration of it. Some of us, uh, we may, we may benefit from time to time, reminding ourselves that we don't have forever on this side of eternity. Therefore we want to live life, not fearfully, not fearfully, but fully. (laughs) Yeah. This is the way of blessing. And that's going to mean being open to exploration and discovery. And I want to talk about that again. So let me just pray. Lord, I ask that you would just bless this word that we're about to share this teaching that brings us all the way back, all the way back to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And yet there's so much for us now here in this present life that we're living. Whatever the stage of life that we are in, you have something for us to discover and explore. I really truly believe that you've not called us. If we have the breath of life in us to simply tie ourselves up on the dock of life. No, we were created to sail. We were created to flourish. And even though our outer person perishes, and for some of us, that's also a true thing. We know that our inner person, our inner man can be renewed day by day in you. So whether we're young or old, young or older, younger or older, you have something for us, or perhaps we're in the middle of life. And, um, you're calling us to a new thing as well. Let us just be open, Lord. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, we pick back up with the way of blessing we, we do. And, you know, I mentioned, (laughs) I mentioned this last week, uh, I want to shift and I'll start with this, this message, this teaching today. I want to shift from the focus on Joseph to a focus on Joseph's father, the man named Jacob, who is also sometimes referred to as Israel, the son of Isaac and the grandson of Abraham. And I want to read, pick back up here, Genesis 45, verse nine, and you'll see where I want to go here. It says that, that Joseph said to his brothers, hurry up and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry, like hurry up. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have, you know, Goshen was... The prime piece of Egyptian real estate. It was located in the, uh, Northeastern section, uh, of Egypt in an area off the Nile Delta, it was lush and green and, and fertile land that was just ideal for growing crops and raising sheep and. And so Joseph Joseph goes on there, there, I will provide for you. And for there are still yet five years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see and the eyes of my brother, Benjamin, see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. Look, I'm telling you this truth. It's me. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen hurry and bring my father. That's Jacob down here, bring him down to Egypt. I know he's older now, but. Not only do I want to see him, this is the place where God's going to bless. And then he fell upon his brother, Benjamin's neck, the, his youngest brother, his full brother, and he wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. They just cried and blessed one another. And in that Eastern tradition, they, they just expressed their love so freely. And he kissed all his brothers and he wept upon them, all of them. It wasn't just Benjamin and Joseph's love was extravagant. And his emotions real. And after this, it says the brothers talked with him and what a conversation that must've been. How very tender and, and touching a moment of, of reunion and, you know, reconciliation. And it it does remind me that there are times where God wants us to reconcile uh, with people. Maybe we've been estranged from or separated from, or we've had a fissure that has divided us for too long. And we, we, um, we are being, perhaps this is a season for reuniting and and reconciling. And I know we can't control all of that, but there are times where God does open up doors. And if he does, you know, walk in them, walk in them. Uh, Genesis 45 verse 25, and they left Egypt and they returned to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. And so now it shifts to Jacob. Here we go. Joseph is still alive, they told him <laughs> and he's the governor of all the land of Egypt Jacob of course was was stunned by the news he couldn't believe it. They, I mean here they are telling him this incredible thing you know you remember that ruler we told you about that man that was second only to Pharaoh they they call him um, Zaphneth paneah he the, the guy that oversees the, the national food distribution uh, he, and he, he says that God has shown him <laughs> that there's going to be five more years of famine. Well, <laughs> and, and that's Joseph. That's Joseph. And he has, he, has, he has set land aside for us. Good land, provisions. Father, it's a miracle. It's a miracle of blessing. And oh, Joseph, Zaphnephanea, so badly wants to see you. His heart yearns to see you father. Now look what it says here, but when they repeated to Jacob, everything that Joseph had told them. And when he saw the wagons, so initially it was hard to process, but then he actually saw the evidence of largesse and the supplies. And he had no reason to doubt the story as incredible as it seemed. We're told here that. His spirits, This says their father's spirits revived. You know, I, I think initially maybe Jacob didn't, didn't comprehend what was actually being said. What, but as it dawned on him that Joseph was alive and that this was indeed something that had, had transpired. It was essentially a miracle, you know, and, but I love that phrase. It says their father's spirit revived, He came alive. You know, here's this older man, aged man. In the last season of his life, and yet he's coming alive and it's a beautiful thing to see someone who's been beaten down by life, revived and renewed, right? That is an awesome thing. And maybe that's happened to some of us at a stage in life when we weren't expecting it. God has sparked something in us. And we're alive with him. And, and in this case, to see the return of vigor and vitality, the sparkle in the eye. And you know what I'm talking about? Cause when it's there, you see it. A person can be, and hear me in the best way. We can be younger in years and dying on the inside. And we can be older and advanced in years and alive. Like the sparkle is there. The, um, the vigor. The, the living Jesus is present in such a way that that vitality is not only noticeable, it's contagious. And I know that the Lord wants to fill us with his life flow in every stage of our lives. But, you know, sometimes and you just need to hear me. And if you're younger, you know, bear with me on this, but sometimes as we get older, we lose our vision. Uh, I mentioned at the outset, I think it was the first message that I shared in this series on the, uh, the secret of happiness. And I talked about that moment where, you know, it goes from black and white to color and how our, our, you know, that's like when we come to God, when we come to the Lord, the, our world changes, it, it, it literally goes from black and white to, to living color, it just pops, everything pops with color. And then, but over time, I think we can start to take that world of color for granted. I, I do. And some of the things that used to thrill us don't thrill us as much or don't, don't stir our imagination as much. And I know that's human nature. I mean, we do that. We, we have such a tendency to take things for granted and sometimes we don't appreciate something until we're either losing it or it's gone. But I, I do think the Lord that one of the benefits of being around people who are younger in the faith, who are just coming to Jesus is, is their, their love, their vibrancy for the Lord, their sense of discovery for God is so genuine and real and authentic and humble that it's contagious. And that's why I love the idea of getting around people who are hungry for the things of God, because I think that revives things in us and it rubs up on us. Right. And so some of us, that's just the answer, you know, a log on its own goes, goes out, but you put it together and it creates a fire. And that's what god wants inside of us but i think it's very easy at times especially as we're getting older uh to settle in and I don't, and it's not just the exclusive domain of the older but i think we can settle into defeatism i do and sometimes in in sort of in conjunction with that depression as well and convinced maybe that the best is over and i don't know never going to return. I mean, that's hard to lose that when you start losing your, your sense of future, it can beat the life out of you and we can kind of give up and we lose our purpose. We lose our passion. We stop contending. We, we lose our growing edge. And I, I really mean this. I think it's so important to be a spiritual explorer. I really do. Like the way of Jesus is the way of the spiritual explorer in every season of our life with God, we're invited into discovery. I, I and you know, and that's going to involve three things that I, I was just sitting with that I was going, Now it's not only three things, but there are three things that I've, i I want to connect to the idea of discovery and exploring and learning and growing. And if you think about it. These are three things that are, the things that I'm about to mention are, are all going to happen to Jacob. And we're going to see it happening to this man. We're going to watch him come alive. We're going to watch him engage in a new season of exploration. But the first kind of discovery that we're going to see is a discovery that we're invited into as well, is what I'll call God discovery. God discovery. And I'm talking about growing in our relationship with the Lord, growing in our relationship with God, knowing and being known. We will find, we will find as Jacob is about to find here that God, you know, in in Jacob's case, God had new terrain for him. He had new blessing for him. He had a new understanding that he wanted to impart to him around trust and provision. Right. Think about that. I mean, we're going to, we're going to see that, that God is going to uh, invite Jacob into a season of expansion at a time in his life where he could have very easily thought, Oh, you know, I'm just kind of, honestly, I'm just kind of wanting to, to die a good death, you know? Uh, and yet at a stage where he could have just settled in and, and lived out his life and, and just, you know, stopped contending, For, for growth and development, God stirred him in such a way that, that, you know, there's what's going to happen and we're going to see it in the coming weeks as well. There's going to be a fresh outpouring of wonder that's going to befall him. And, and it's going to remind him of something that C.S. Lewis wrote. I love, I've been referring a lot to C.S. Lewis, but you know, he's so good when it comes to the way of blessing. But Lewis said this, God wants a child's heart and a grown-up's head. Now that's, that's a pretty good one. It's short and sweet. God wants a child's heart, a softness of heart, a heart that's open to wonder a heart. That's yeah. Sometimes almost like a borderline gullible. And I'm, I'm not saying we should be, but just, you know, willing to see things and, and try things and open and, and, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I guess, W- willing to appreciate things in ways that a child does without having had to walk through the scars and disappointments of life and, and become cynical and skeptical about everything. Sometimes a child is capable of, of wondering with God. And, and I think the Lord invites us to have an, always a child's heart inside of us at a spiritual level that we're always open to discovering and learning something new. About the Lord, and and then, but a grown-up's head, which I like that as well. That means we're a thinker, we're thoughtful, we're mature. Y- you know, it's not it's not a, a, a open-eyed faith disconnected from real life. It, it understands complexity and nuance. But there's this beautiful balance that we're being invited into, right? The the blessing of aging and the wisdom that it can come from that, connected with a spiritual s- a tenderness. That I hope we never lose. I I pray, oh Lord, that me always have a, a, a child's heart, a childlike heart, a childlike heart. You know, Jesus said, "Such is the kingdom, such is the kingdom," and there is something about that that if we can cultivate that unique balance, but He really does want us, our you know, to have a heart that that is tender and open, and and even as the window closes. In some, in some of our lives, in the years of our strength, we can be, as I prayed earlier, renewed day by day, but there's a, a second area of discovery. So that's the God discovery that I don't think it ever has to end. It's an, it's a non-ending you know, opportunity of discovery, but another area of discovery that we're invited into when we start to follow the Lord. And it's the same thing that we're going to see happen with, with Jacob is that there's going to be the invitation to self-discovery. And I'm talking about how we can grow in our self- understanding and into our gifts and strengths to understand ourselves better is a blessing. We are constantly changing. You and I are both changing, uh, in many ways it's imperceptible, but it's real. There are some, what I call change events that these earthquake seasons in our lives, where the change is remarkable. It can go, you can go in a, a couple of different directions because it's so intense, but we're always changing. Uh, and you know, it's helpful to note those changes, to be honest about them, to be a person who is following Jesus in such a way that, that we have dedicated times of prayer and self-reflection and, and with God's help, as we look at his words and study the scriptures, and then perhaps with the addition of, of, voices of trusted others, we can begin to think about, identify and amplify our gifts so that we might, I don't uh, better manage. Yeah. Our weaknesses and soar with our strengths. That's a phrase I, I like to use a lot, but I, I do think this is part of the growing life in Christ. It's part of being a, a spiritual explorer it is is discovering and thinking and learning about how we can manage our weaknesses and then soar with our strengths. And I, I think that we have all been given these unique contributions to make, and we shouldn't minimize them. We never know for such a time if some of the things that God has equipped us with, that some of the things that God has shaped us with, that some of the things that God has been growing in us that those things might be greatly needed. And some of the worst thing we can ever do is diminish what God is doing in our lives. It's, you know, it's important to both discover and think about our capacities that we've been given by the Lord, our spiritual gifts that we've been given by the Lord, uh, and then put them into play. Don't bury them. Like in the parable of the talents where the one who was afraid buried his talent, buried his gift, his entrustment. You know, and so, you know, following, uh, Jesus means being at peace and yet, how could I say this in a peculiar way, never at peace. You, hear what I just said, <laughs> hold on to that when we are following him, it'll mean both being at peace and yet in a unique way, a peculiar way, never at peace. And that, and that I mean, by that is with the status quo. Cause we're on a journey of growth, right? What I'm saying is we're at peace. Our mind is settled. Our heart is firm. The established on the, on the things of the Lord. You know, we've made that commitment. We're not going back. Come what may I'm with you, Jesus. I've already made that call. Not going back. No other life for me. Once we're there, we get to decide though. Um, you know, what kind of a Christian are we going to be? a surface level follower, uh, uh, you know, are we going to just kind of hit a plateau and never grow or are we committed to, you know, a life of expansion in the Lord and just being open to the surprise and wonder of God. That's what I'm talking about. So God discovery, self discovery, and the third one, other discovery. And that is, I think. Maybe the, the most important of them all it, well, at least it flows ne- naturally out of it. And I, it's, it, I'm talking about our capacity to bless other people. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we become, if we apply ourselves as the Lord would have us to do, we become better relational blessers. That's what I'm talking about. Cause the Lord at work in our lives is never just for ourselves so that I can just get consumed in self-improvement. It's not that. It's, it's not that it's not even just so that I can get close to God. That's a part of it. Both those things are important in different ways, but it's also the fact that the Lord wants us to dra- draw near to him, to love him better so that we can love others better. God wants us to discover ourselves with more authenticity and grow in our capacity so that we might be, listen, loved ones, a blesser of others. You know, God wants us to love people, love God, love people. And he wants us to, to connect with those who he brings across our paths and to who he's brought into the circles of our, the relational circles of our lives. He wants us to be a blesser. So I call that other discovery, how I can be a blesser of others, how I can help understand and be understood, you know, These are very important things. And, you know, when we do this, you know, I, it, we remember that people may be aside from the Lord, the most important blessing we have, you know, the people we, and the people we love may be the most important gifts we possess (laughs) temporarily. You know, I've heard it said, I don't remember who said it, it's probably some anonymous, uh, you know, it's. Anyway, this is, this is what, this is what I was reminded of. Don't count your blessings. Be the blessing. Other people count on (laughs) one more time. Don't count your blessings. I think it's okay to do that, but don't count your blessings. Be the blessing other people count on. And if you think about it, both are great. That's the truth. Um, you know, count your blessings for sure. (laughs) Cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude, but also be the blessing that other people can count on. You know what I'm saying? Be the blessing that other people can count on. Blessed people, blessed people, and blessers get blessed. Whew. Yeah. Blessed people, blessed people, and blessers get blessed. Verse 28, then Jacob exclaimed, it must be true. It must be true. My son, Joseph is alive and I must go and see him before I die. And it's important to remember the new flow of life in Jacob is a direct result of having agreed to let Benjamin go. I mean, if you go back in, into the earlier series, uh, on surrender, it was that post Easter series we did. It's fascinating to reflect on the process. When, when asked by his sons to let Benjamin go, Jacob's first reaction out of his past scripting. Of fear and insecurity was, no, never. I'm never letting Benjamin go. I'll never risk losing him. His first reaction was not unlike ours when God is dealing with us and trying to get us to move forward. When we're afraid of letting go of something. Jacob's first reaction, I think it's worth noting. I'll put it up here is stubbornness, right? Resistance an unwillingness to risk, to, co- to cooperate because of his fear of losing. Finally, he is worn down. Things get so bad. He's forced to relent, and he agrees to let Benjamin go. (laughs) And when he lets Benjamin go and he says, it's in your hands, God, if I'm bereaved, I'm bereaved. Well, what we see going on there is that his stubbornness turned to surrender. So he started with stubbornness, but his stubbornness turned to surrender. He yields and unbeknownst to him, he has been fighting against God. His fear actually has been preventing him from experiencing the way of blessing as fear so often does. And now in Jacob's case, it was a a blessing far beyond anything that he could have conceived or imagined. Because in addition to saving his family, it would be to him a blessing of resurrection. Yeah. For Joseph would be to him as one rising from the dead. And so if you just look at the way this progressed, from stubbornness to surrender, from surrender to satisfaction. That's what it brought. And that's the flow of blessing that we're often going to find God trying to work in our lives to get us from stubbornness to surrender, because in the surrender, we then are going to find the satisfaction that we long for. And, you know, uh, the way of blessing you guys passes through the gate of surrender and it invites us to explore our heart and ask questions, doesn't it? And one of the questions it asks us is this, are we giving place to fear that is keeping us from God's favor? Are we being stubborn with something? God needs us to surrender. Those are two great questions for us to sit with, you know, is God asking us to surrender? And, um, is there something of our fear that is keeping us from the favor that God wants to bring into our lives? You know, I've got two more questions on the other side that have to do with this idea of spiritual ex- exploration, but I want to go ahead and have a share this song together. The band's prepared. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So here we go together, right? Sharing in this moment.
1: your heart What stirs your soul What matters comes to mind
0: Praise the Lord in the blessing and in the breaking praise the Lord. How good is it? As the song said to be alive and breathing. Oh, what a gift. You know, I mentioned, I had two more things, two more questions I wanted to share with you. But even before I do that, I want to remind everybody it's the time I get to do it. This time of giving, remember you can give as so many of you have been doing so beautifully of your tithes and your offerings. And I am talking about our church online here. For those of you who are part of our community, and if, if you're just joining us, you know, I don't want you to feel any pressure around that, but you can give as many of you are aware, send it into our offices. You can go online through our website, or you can give on the app, which is what I do, you know, and, um, uh, it is a blessing to do this, to honor the Lord and to be a part of something bigger than myself, faithfully committed to the things of Jesus in ways that are tangible and real. Right. But one of the questions that I said it, I wanted to share was this, is there a blessing that God wants to bring and, and a blessing that he's wanting to give us, but he's waiting for us to cooperate with him. And what would that cooperation look like? Come on now. And then the second question that I want to end with here, which is this, is there a place of provision that he wants us to journey towards? Right. And what would that look like at this stage in our life or stage? of our faith life. What does it look like to be a, a person who's discovering things afresh? Is there a new, a new path that God has us to walk, has, wants us to walk into and a a, a new blessing He wants to give us. It's the way of blessing that He's calling us towards. And that's often going to involve things that are opening up to us because we're willing to break out of our, our, safe places and our comfort zones. And, and we're willing to push ourselves a little bit more to be open to the things that God's trying to establish in our lives and breathe new life into, you know, if he can do it in Jacob, he can do it in us too. <laughs> right. And you know why, I mean, he's so good and he's so God, and he wants us to do what, come on. So good and so God to be a difference maker for him, you are loved so greatly loved. And my prayer for you, as I like to say, is that he may keep you in every way, spirit, soul, and in your body, and of course, your mind as well. And that prayer I offer and that blessing I give in Jesus name.